The following podcast will contain spoilers and explicit language. Hello and welcome to episode 113 of... Yeah, It's That Bad. My name is Joel. And I'm Kevin. This is a show that looks at supposedly bad movies and asks the question, is it really that bad? And what that boils down to is that we look at movies that are on Rotten Tomatoes and reevaluate that score. Does it really deserve to be that low? Tonight's movie is 1996's Twister, directed by Jan de Bont, starring Helen Hunt, Bill Paxton, Jamie Gertz, and Carrie Elways. Twister is a 1996 American disaster drama film. This film currently holds a 58% on Rotten Tomatoes. How about a plot synopsis? TV weatherman Bill Harding is trying to get his tornado hunter wife Joe to sign divorce papers so he can marry his girlfriend Melissa. But Mother Nature, in the form of a series of intense storms sweeping across Oklahoma, has other plans. Soon, the three have joined the team of storm chasers as they attempt to insert a revolutionary measuring device into the very heart of several extremely violent tornadoes. Okay, Twister, tonight's movie was sponsored by Aviel. And Aviel writes in and says, Comrades, I wrote in a bit earlier, at this point months ago, in regards to being indecisive as to which movie to sponsor. I checked into your site and was startled to see that at this point, sponsorship was going into the new year. I had to act fast, lest I have to listen to my sponsored episode with my grandchildren. The sudden immersion into the past causing chaotic, insecure delusions. Well, in coming to my decision, I have to divulge some of my checkered past. When I started school at the University of Central Florida back in 2006, I took a job as a Jaws skipper at Universal Studios driving around that boat and shooting the shark. It was a great job, and I'm sure I'm floating around YouTube somewhere. With that, a big running joke among the skippers was the Bill Paxton magnum opus Twister. The acting, the dialogue, the special effects, and topped it all off with the even cheesier Twister attraction that we shared our park with lent its hand to endless comedy gold. I'm sponsoring this episode as a tip to the hat for all the Jaws skippers as our beloved Jaws attraction has since been closed. I left back in 2008. I can't wait to see what you guys have to say about this one. The Jaws attraction is closed? I guess so. Wow, that's heartbreaking. That's a fun (laughs) ride. (laughs) It seems more of a ride than the Twister ride is. The Twister isn't a ride. It's an experience? Yeah, like the earthquake thing they used to have there. Yeah. Okay, Twister. Twister, what's your history with this? I saw this, um, I think when it first came out on DVD or VHS or whatever. I don't think I saw this in theaters. I don't remember you seeing it. You waited that long? Yeah. It was hard. You're a late bloomer. I don't think I saw it in theaters. Maybe I did. I don't I don't remember. I really don't remember. I saw this years ago. I don't remember when, though. Maybe I saw it on VHS or something. But this seems like a real VHS kind of a movie, right? Like the kind of crap you and I would watch on VHS like when we were idiots. <laughs> Because supposed to today. Yeah, yeah, when we're geniuses, <laughs> old geniuses. <laughs> Even though I was watching it on DVD, I felt like I was watching a VHS of it, right? It just has that feel. Yeah, it does. Oh, by the way, what happened to Martin? Did he get sucked away in an F5 tornado? <laughs> yeah, he was crushed by the finger of God. <laughs> yeah. No Martin today. He's uh, flying in his own fart NATO somewhere <laughs> into parts unknown of the United States. Fart NATO. <laughs> <laughs> it's an F5 fart NATO. Look out. It's a North Atlantic Treaty on farts. <laughs> <laughs> that, took me a se- that took me a second. Fart NATO. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what they debate about all night. <laughs> 
who can't fart where and when. Transporting farts across the border is illegal. They have to put a tariff on farts. All right, let's get down to business. Okay, let's do what we do at the top of the show. We'll discuss the actors one by one, and we'll see how you thought they did. First up, the lovely, talented, patron saint of alliteration, <laughs> Helen Hunt. <laughs> She's a true gem to the ass that bad world. <laughs> An illiterate person. <laughs> She's illiterate. She refuses any words or letters. Okay, Helen Hunt, were you mad about you? I was mad about Helen. I thought she's good in this. Surprisingly she was. good. She was. Considering she came from... TV? Mad about you. Yeah. Right? Weren't you kind of shocked? You know, I didn't even think about that fact about this woman. What I did think about when I was watching her, I compared her to every other female lead in every other movie <laughs> we've ever reviewed on this show. And she's above the rest. Yeah. A, she's acting. B, she's actually doing things in the movie. Mm-hmm. Like she's acting participating in the plot that's unheard of in these movies if this movie was done today it'd be Jessica Biel and she would do nothing she'd stay in the car the entire time yeah you're probably right she's great yeah I'm I'm glad I can finally say a kind word about a female lead in a movie (laughs) that's not revolving around her physical appearance yeah her looks oh she's smoking hot (laughs) if only Martin was here he could fill in that gap Okay, next up, Bill Paxton. Not to be confused with Bill Pullman, Kevin. I wonder why we would confuse the two. Yeah, why do we have Bill Pullman on the mind? It's almost as if we just reviewed a movie that Bill Pullman was in for a premium podcast. Oh, man. (laughs) Wow. Anyway, Bill Paxton. I felt like 90% of the time he spoke. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yes. The words I was hearing were not matching up with his lips. Like they ADR the hell out of him, right? I felt that too. I felt it in my heart and soul. Specifically him. (laughs) Specifically him. I didn't have an issue when anyone else spoke. It was just him. Yeah, Helen Hunt came perfectly clear as if they recorded her on the set and that was it. Yeah. For him, they had to like redub it a hundred times. I don't know what that was. I mean, whatever. I mean, it's it's nothing to do with his acting, I guess, but it just was weird. This guy was approaching Dennis Quaid levels of non-acting. Yes. It was a piss poor performance perpetrated primarily by Paxton. Yeah, he, this is, man, that, you, you hit the nail on the head there. This is a Quaid-like performance. But I guess we needed one of those. I mean, we haven't had a Quaid performance in a while. We need a real planet cleanser. <laughs> he's no Bill Pullman. No, but. he's no Bill Pullman. This guy couldn't give a rousing speech. I, gave, I wonder what movie you're talking about. I think he about. gave one of those in a movie, didn't he? He did give a rousing speech in this. Yeah. I think I fell asleep. <laughs> For a movie that's so dynamic and over the top and exciting, he doesn't bring. He doesn't how bring was it. he chosen for this? I don't know. He's not name dynamic. recognition. What? How do you think this movie would have been with a more dynamic, comedic person in the Bill Paxton role? Like, say, a cable guy era Jim Carrey. No, this didn't call for a comedic performance. Why not? Someone's cracking jokes as they're driving the car. No, that's what we have Philip Seymour Hoffman in this movie for. Hmm. Which he didn't even get top billing. Here. I 
would have had him number one, personally. I would have him above Helen Hunt. Okay. Okay, next up, Philip Seymour Hoffman. <laughs> he was amazing. I totally forgot he was in this movie. So did I. I couldn't believe it. I was stunned. This is really early uh, PSH right there. And I don't think I've ever seen him play a character like this in any other movie, but he's amazing. He brings so much life to the character. He's usually really dour. Yeah. And like really low key and mellow. I don't think I appreciated it earlier, how good a job he was doing his a- of acting in that role. No. And it's not even one you, it's, he's he's the crazy off the wall guy. Yeah, it's that a normally crap part. It's a get, crap role. It gets dismissed, right? Dis- but he, dismiss his coincidence. He, he brings something to it. He does. Okay, and finally, <laughs> Carrie Elway's making his triumphant return to Yes That Bad. Not oh, since yeah. the days of Saul have we seen that guy cry over his dead children. What <laughs> 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 a weakling. What'd you think? He's a much, much harder man in this movie. Yes. We can agree. A lot skinnier, too. Yeah. He's probably still in Robin Hood men in tight shape during this. Primetime beef. Yeah. He was all right. He was doing a little decent fake accent there. It wasn't too, too, too terrible. <laughs> it's okay. How does he compare to the Saw performance? Did you even like him in Saw? He's a weak, weak man. Oh, okay. That tainted his whole performance. Then I got, <laughs> all right, okay, all right, fair enough. All right, that's pretty much it. Let's get into the not-so-brief history of Twister. Kevin, you have anything to say about these notes? I brought my A-game when it comes to notes this week. I've taken a lot of flack lately. <laughs> yeah. So I got 14 pages of history notes here. And I took two full pages of personal commentary notes. Handwritten, single-spaced, <laughs> impressive. The original concept and 10-page Tornado Chaser story were presented to Amblin Entertainment in 1992 by motion picture business consultant and award-winning screenwriter Jeffrey Hilton. Steven Spielberg then presented the concept to writer Michael Crichton. After spending more than half a year on pre-production on Godzilla, director Jan DeBont left after a dispute over the budget and quickly signed on for Twister. You know, that's the same guy who directed Speed. Mm -hmm. The production was played with numerous problems. Problems. Joss Whedon was brought in to do rewrites through the early spring of 1995. When he got bronchitis, Steve Zalian was brought in. Whedon returned and worked on revisions right through the start of shooting in May 1995. You think he wrote all the Philip Seymour Hoffman stuff? Absolutely. He left the project after getting married and two weeks into production, Jeff Nathanson was flown into the set and worked on the script until principal photography had ended. What a mess. That's a disaster. Oh, it gets worse. <laughs> Just wait. <laughs> Halfway through filming, both Bill Paxton and Helen Hunt were temporarily blinded by bright electronic lamps used to get the exposure down to make the sky behind the two actors look dark and stormy. Paxton remembers that these things literally sunburned our eyeballs. I got back to my room. I couldn't see. After filming in a ditch that contained bacteria, Hunt and Paxton had to have hepatitis shots. <laughs> During the same scene, she repeatedly hit her head on a low wooden bridge because she was so exhausted exhausted from the demanding shoot, she forgot not to stand up so quickly. Hunt did one stunt in which she opened the door of a vehicle that was speeding through a cornfield, stood up on the passenger side, and was hit by the door on the left of her head when she let it go momentarily. As a result, some sources claim that Hunt got a concussion. Wow, this is approaching hook-level disaster. Oh, it gets better. (laughs) (laughs) And Steven Spielberg was attached to this. Maybe he's cursed. Some crew members felt that the bot was out of control. 
and left five weeks into filming. The camera crew led by Don Burgess left the production after five weeks claiming that DeBont didn't know what he wanted till he saw it. He would shoot one direction with all the equipment behind the view of the camera and then he'd want to shoot in the other direction right away and we'd have to move everything and he'd get angry that we took too long and it was always everybody else's fault, never his. When DeBont knocked over a camera assistant who had missed the cue, Burgess and his crew left, much to the shock of the cast. Whoa, can you imagine, like, Helen Hunt's like, where's everybody going? That's what Helen Hunt. For Bill Paxson's like, where's everybody going? Yeah, <laughs> He flatlines. He flatlines while he's talking. DeBond had to shoot many of the film's tornado chasing scenes in bright sunlight when they could not get overcast skies and asked Industrial Light and Magic to, to more than double its original plan for 150 digital sky replacement shoots. DeBond insisted on using multiple cameras and this led to the exposure of 1.3 million feet of raw film. Most films use no more than 300,000 feet. A recording of a camel's moan was slowed down and used as the sound of the tornado oh that explains a lot because i had some questions about that on May 24, 1996, a tornado destroyed a drive-in theater in Niagara Falls, Ontario, which was scheduled to show the movie Twister in a real-life parallel to a scene in the film in which a tornado destroys a drive-in theater during the showing of The Shining. The facts of this incident were exaggerated into an urban legend that the theater was actually playing Twister during the tornado. I had actually had heard that. Mm, urban legends. Oh, maybe Jared Leto was there. <laughs> during an early scene where Philip Seymour Hoffman is sitting on a lawn chair, he lifts his leg in the air while laughing. His genitals were fully visible for a split second. This was edited out for DVD and VHS releases, but was leaked from VHS screeners sent to industrial professionals. Ah, Kevin, MrSkin.com. Let's go. We got to see this. Oh, wait, that's not the copy you watched. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we like, pause, rewind that. <laughs> Get his coin advantage point. It Sucks was originally going to be used as one of the taglines for the film, but the producers felt that it worked too much to the advantage of a disappointed audience to critics. Wow. <laughs> That's pretty good. In December 2010, while doing an interview with Bullseye to promote the new season of HBO's Big Love, Bill Paxton re- revealed that he had a meeting with film producer Kathleen Kennedy about making a twister too. Paxton stated that he would like to direct the sequel if and when it's produced. Twister is notable for being the first Hollywood feature film to be released on DVD format. What was the first DVD movie you ever saw? Enter the Dragon. I saw Mars Attacks. Okay, this movie had a $92 million budget. Kevin, let's pretend you didn't write the notes. How much did it make worldwide? $400 trillion. That's eerily close. It made $494 million. That's a payday right there. Sure is. For $96? I can't believe they didn't pump out Twister 2. Immediately like after. the next day. Kevin, how, how much is 40, $494 million in bison bucks? <laughs> <laughs> Twister, this movie starts off with 1996 era 3D text flying around on the screen. You must have really enjoyed that. Oh yeah, sure. Great. And then we get a nice little flashback explaining Helen Hunt's backstory. We start this movie off with the flashback and we see little Helen Hunt, Helen Hunt Jr. She's in Junior Jr.? Junior Jr. She is at home. All of a sudden her dad grabs her. There's a storm outside. The whole family goes down into the storm shelter, but the door 
it seems like it's a little loose. Yeah, it's a little loosey-goosey. He did not uh, put any time or effort into building that thing. So the, her dad, he grabs the door and he's trying to hold the door closed during a gigantic, monstrous tornado. F5 fartnado. What was he doing? <laughs> did he really think he was strong enough to withstand the four trillion mile an hour winds? I can't hold on! Then why don't you let go and... and- <laughs> Rejoin your family because 10 seconds later, he's comically sucked out. Even though his his wife and kid are two feet away from him, they don't get sucked out. But he goes flying into the ether sphere. Yep. <laughs> what do you think of this effect, this scene right here? The effects didn't bother me. I thought it, it, it looked decent. Yeah, this movie is pretty interesting with the special effects. I mean, for 1996, some of the effects still hold up. Like It, it kind of goes back and forth where some of the effects look crappy, yeah. but some of them look really good. There was of um, a handful of instances where it really stuck out. I was like, wow, that looks terrible. Yeah, like when we saw that satellite in space and stuff. <laughs> but for the most part, it looked real. Yeah, they did a really me. good job. Uh, my main problem was, you're going to live in Oklahoma, Kansas, wherever the hell this is. You know there's tornadoes. You get yourself a decent tornado shelter. This looked like he dug a hole one day in the backyard just for fun and threw like an old door on top of it. It was originally going to be like his outhouse, but he's like, ah, I'll keep going. When you have like two doors, an outer door and then an inner door, like for for more protection. Why isn't that door made of steel? Like it was a bomb shelter. When you have like straps down there, so you can strap yourself down. Like <laughs> it's a ride. <laughs> Everybody buckle in. <laughs> yeah, it'd be safer. I don't know. I think he got what he deserves. I got a feeling that a bunch of people that live in Oklahoma are gonna write in like Kevin, you're a fool. Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay. Our storm shelters are in the attic of our house. <laughs> it's like so crazy things like that. <laughs> They're above ground. Yeah, I saw take shelter. I know what a real shelter looks like. Okay, all right, all right. Yeah, did you uh, did you did you recognize that little girl? Did she grow up to be somebody? Yeah, that seems to be a recurring theme. She does. That's uh, Alexa Vega. I know that name. I know that name, but I don't know who she is. What's what's she been in? She went on to be in Spy Kids. That's her. And she grew up to be uh, quite the looker. I know. <laughs> I'm well aware. <laughs> and did you recognize her mother? Not at all. Did she, she grow up to be quite a looker? <laughs> she didn't know. The woman that John Hawks was hooking up with in the perfect storm in the bar oh my goodness gracious great balls of fire (laughs) (laughs) i'm I'm happy you could bring john hawks back into this conversation somehow whenever i can do it i I try kevin do me a favor i want you to close your real eyes open that third eye open your mind's eye in the left quadrant of your brain i want you to picture the twister logo you know what it looks like right you've seen it. oh yeah and now in the right quadrant of your mind sphere picture the logo of the hit tv show friends you see any kind of relation <laughs> yeah i kind of do that's a fun <laughs> little game <laughs> i saw it immediately when i saw that the, the logo for twister i'm like whoa back in the 90s everybody was making this swooshy kind of crap font <laughs> yeah. pretty good so we jump back to current day modern day 1996 and we see the what i swear is the exact same weather station room from the perfect storm with i think maybe the same people looking at the same computer it wouldn't saying, surprise me oh my gosh look at these two systems you know in the real world maybe noah doesn't deal with tornadoes but they really should have been in noah <laughs> office right i really felt a lack of noah in this movie <laughs> 
<laughs> they were near water in this movie, right? They yeah, I'm water. sure. I'm sure. All right, so we get introduced to Bill Paxton, and he's got a hot new girlfriend in tow, and they're going to meet Helen Hunt and her ragtag team of storm chasers. Hell, apparently, before the events of this film, Bill Paxton was married to Helen Hunt. They got a divorce for reasons unknown, perhaps tornado-related. Who knows? Could be. And now Bill Paxton wants to get Helen Hunt to sign the divorce papers. One of the things that struck me about this movie that that was interesting is that usually the dynamic is reversed in most movies where the wife wants the husband to sign the divorce papers, but he's stubborn about it. Yep. What do you think about this kind of reversal? It's very daring and for 1996, right? Yeah, I mean, I really like it. I mean, this is a perfect example of how a female character should be written in a movie. I mean, she's strong. Yep. And I mean, she's dominant, but not like in a bad way. I mean, a lot of times dominant women in movies are... Michelle Rodriguez? Yeah, like... The, Scowling? The, the character is, is, is drawn by the writer as someone that we don't like. Yeah. But this is a strong female character that I'm rooting for. Yeah, she's very likable. And that's so rare. Maybe that's a Joss Whedon touch because that's what he does every day. He, he writes that's strong true. female leads. That's true. It, it really made me wonder like what happened in their relationship that she's the one that's pining for him more than he is for her, right? Yeah. Like clearly he's the one who wanted the breakup. Mm-hmm. It, I don't know, it, it adds a little bit of depth to them. And I like that we don't know. Yeah, I agree. That our hand isn't being held here. That, a little mystery. Yeah, it's just, this is the, we're throwing you into this world. You have to deal with it. You're not getting any introduction here. There's no text scrolling on the screen. <laughs> All right, I'm going to say something that's really off base here. Hmm. Let me know if I'm a psycho sick lunatic or maybe I've got something here. All right, these whole sequence of events here with Bill Paxton going to see Helen Hunt and Helen Hunt is wearing her little tank top and running around and like fiddling with machinery and talking to the ragtag team and stuff. I got a real Jurassic Park vibe here. Oh, yeah. This movie felt like Jurassic Park. Oh, for a half a second, I was like, wait, was Helen Hunt in Jurassic Park? I was like, oh, wait, that was Lord Nern. Like I got them confused for half a second. It just felt like Jurassic Park to me. Yeah. Like Bill Paxton was wearing a blue shirt like yeah. Sam Neill. I totally got that too. It's, it's interesting because like Amblin and Spielberg and all that stuff, they're kind mm-hmm. of intermingled with all this. Oh yeah. Strange bedfellas. <laughs> if only we could make a movie about dinosaurs fighting tornadoes, <laughs> that would make $7,000 million. <laughs> I'm in. Okay, so this is the point of the movie where we introduce to the ragtag team, a true staple of any Yes That Bad feature film. You can't have a Yes That Bad movie without a ragtag team nope. or two, as this movie has. <laughs> yep. What about this ragtag team? What do you think? I'm going to put this ragtag team up against any other ragtag team we've ever seen. The raggiest ragtag team of all time. You got Philip Seymour Hoffman. As the king. I, I almost fell out of my chair when I saw him. He just came out of nowhere. Couldn't believe it. You got Cameron from Thursday. Bueller's Day Off. I loved him in this. He was great. He's amazing. He's really good. <laughs> you got the, the strange scientist guy that was on Lost. Oh, we also got the Boston public teacher guy, Joey Slotnick, who is also on The Single Guy. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, <Sorry, Jonathan> Jonathan Silverman. <laughs> you know it. <laughs> And to round off this ragtag team, there's that gawky guy that we've seen in 10 billion movies, right? (laughs) Yep. I don't know what his name is or who he is. I'm sure he's the nicest guy in the world. The only way I can describe him to a listening audience by using audio is to say, (laughs) that's what he looks like. And, And he's great. Yeah, he's really good. What a ragtag team. There's that girl that was in there. The girl's good. There's the other guy. <laughs> that other guy. <laughs> the other guy's pretty good. 
When I saw Joey Slotnick, I burst out laughing. So did I. I was like, and again my, with this guy? My wife was like, what are you laughing at? I was like, he wasn't a single guy too. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, what are you talking about? So Bill Paxson, he's trying to get these divorce papers signed. And Helen Hunt, she drops a bombshell on him. Billy, we got Dorothy. She's here. Did you notice that in the flashback in the beginning that Helen Hunt Jr. 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 had a little Toto dog? Yeah, I noticed that. Okay, so what's the Dorothy machine? (laughs) The Dorothy machine. So Dorothy is this machine that has a whole bunch of these little balls in it that are all sensors. So if they place this thing in the path of a tornado, all these balls are going to get sucked up into the tornado and it's going to spit back all this data to their computers and they will learn a lot about the tornadoes, which somehow they've determined that they're going to be able to warn people 15 minutes earlier than they can now. I don't know how they figure that out without having any of the data, but... Yeah, let me ask you, is this real or is this BS? Has this actually been done? Yeah, it's real. It's But it was actually done in the 80s, I think. Okay. That they had a device like this. I think it was called Toto, actually. Wow. Kevin, you're dropping a bombshell early with the notes. <laughs> I saved the best notes for myself. <laughs> <laughs> for my own pleasure. <laughs> This apparently was Bill Paxson's brainchild. This is what he came up with. But he got out of the game too early before they had the funds or intelligence to actually create this thing. So she shows this to him and he gets rock hard. Oh, I saw it. I saw it. Like his, <laughs> yeah. his, I, I actually heard his pants tearing. <laughs> This guy gets so excited to chase a tornado. All right, so it's around this point that we get to meet the second ragtag team in this movie. So it's Helen Hunt and the do-gooders versus Carrie Elways and the bad guys, I guess. They're supposed to be the villains of this movie. Oh, yeah. Let's describe these guys. What are they all about? So they run into Carrie Elways and he is driving around in his black tinted window SUV with four other black tinted window SUVs behind him. They're all dressed up in their matching jackets and they're described literally as the corporate sellouts. So apparently Carrie Elways was with Helen Hunt and Bill Paxson early on. They all started together. But Carrie Elways, he chased the money. Follow the money, Kevin. He went corporate. (laughs) They were saying this like it was a bad thing and and, and setting him as a villain and I was like, good for you, Carrie Elways. Make that money. (laughs) I agree with you. I'm like, you guys are a bunch of idiots. Like, (laughs) oh, he sold out. He's, they're in it for the money instead of the science. Like, how do you think science gets done, Bill Paxson? <laughs> you need money to do experiments. Who's paying for these idiots? Like the, the government? We are? Our tax dollars are paying for Helen Hunt to drive around? I don't know. I She's really talking about know. grant money and stuff at the end. Yeah. I do not want my taxpayer dollars to go to pay for Philip Seymour Hoffman's <laughs> genitals to pop out of his, his shorts. <laughs> That's what they're going to directly they fund. earmarked money directly for that. <laughs> Why wasn't he wearing underwear? That's a real mystery. Who does that? He's going to work, right? He's at a, he's at the on the job, and he's not wearing underwear. I think it's probably because he had like his pants down around his ankles. What? What? He's taking a dump on set. No, he had his, he had that like '90s style, like grunge style, where his pants were like almost all the way down. No, I, I just think he's a method actor. He decided not to wear underwear because that's what his character would do. All right, so we meet Carrie Elways, and he's the villain. And like his right hand man looked really familiar to me. Like I've seen that guy in a bunch of stuff. Yeah, yeah, I've seen him a bunch of times too. I don't he's like, pinpoint what it like is. Like on though. TV shows and stuff. I want to say like he was in like Spin City or some kind of thing like that where he wore a suit and he was a, a mean guy to, to somebody. 
<laughs> wait a minute. 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 Was he Edward Norton's boss in Fight Club? Yeah. Yeah, that's it. You oh. nailed it. Well done. Golf nice. Clap. Golf clap for that one. They're at this rest stop area. Bill Paxton, he walks out into the, the abyss. <laughs> he picks up some he picks up some dirt. Yeah, he picks up like a like a piece of a turd, puts it in his mouth. He's like <laughs> Hmm, the wind is blowing this way. He, he's like playing around with the dirt and throwing it in the air. He sees some clouds. The tornado sense is tangling. He's like, we gotta go. Let's get out of here. So the whole ragtag team, they get in their caravan of cars and RVs and whatever else they had. And they go after the tornado. Carrie Elways, he sees them taking off and follows them. In this scene, I kind of like that the new girlfriend, she calls Helen Hunt out right then and there. Oh, yeah. You know, she outs her. She had all the right to do it. <laughs> She goes, you still love him, don't you? And Helen Hunt was like totally stymied. She was like, oh, 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 it was me. I, I gotta go. What do you think of that? It was a nice little scene. I liked it a lot too. It added a lot of depth to the characters there. Mm-hmm. Even the waitress, she was like, oh my God. Yeah. I gotta say, like, I'm with this movie. I'm all in. Oh yeah. During these scenes. I'm all in Absolutely. so far. Okay, so now we get to the our first real tornado chasing scene where they're all driving next to a tornado as it's ripping apart the landscape. What'd you think of this? Effects look great. Yeah, they did a good job with this. It's surprising to hear that they had so many problems filming in overcast sky and things like that because aside from the tornadoes which you could tell weren't real but they looked really good but you could tell they weren't real at the time it probably must have seemed like this was real the rest of the sky and the clouds for the most part I would have thought that that was what the real clouds looked like that day yeah 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 there were only a couple instances that I could tell that they changed the sky there's a scene in the movie where Helen Hunt steps out of the car her hair is blowing in the wind and I could see the matting in her hair because the technology just wasn't there yet to like key out the her hair from the, yeah. from the background so I could see like it was all messed up mm. that was the only instance that I could see like the sky was fake yeah there's a scene later where the sky looked kind of fake when the tornado was jumping yeah when it, when it like it's there and it disappears yeah that that was a little spotty but the most part these effects look great if this movie came out today I would think that these effects were still good so this scene with them chasing the tornado I wrote that in my notes I'm like this is really exciting the yeah. way that this is shot is really exciting like it, it's very fast pace a lot of quick cuts mm-hmm. the camera is just jumping around documentary style like we feel like we're in there with them yeah that's for sure and you know we read about how much the filming there was done yeah from all those different angles which sounds like that was a real pain in the butt for everyone involved but i think it really gave us a good experience as a movie watcher yeah it did yeah so they're trying to like drive near the tornado so they can deploy this dorothy machine and let all those balls fly off into space but it doesn't work because they're in this dip that's filled with bacteria and they get hepatitis. <laughs> There's and, a sign under the bridge that hepatitis lives <laughs> Yeah, they have a hep C farm, but they're growing hepatitis there. <laughs> Yeah, and they're in this ditch and they, they crash into this bridge. And okay, this is when they stretch my ability to suspend disbelief to the breaking point in the scene. Okay, mm-hmm. what happens here? So they get stuck in this ditch right by a bridge. They don't have enough time to deploy Dorothy. This tornado is barreling down on them. So they go under this bridge. And when I say bridge... You do mean bridge. It's <laughs> the loosest possible term the bridge has ever been used. Yeah, it's a couple of two by fours. <laughs> 
I've seen bridges like in people's front yards over like their koi pond yeah. that are more sturdy looking than this bridge is. So they're hunkered down under this bridge. They're basically just holding onto it with their bare hands <laughs> yeah. while this tornado comes right on top of them and is so strong that it picks up their truck and a tractor and just tosses it like it's a cardboard box. Yep. Yet they're just holding on with their bare hands. Correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't a tornado sucking up? Yeah. Whatever's at the bottom, it's sucking upwards. Mm-hmm. There's a vacuum there. The tornado stops two inches from them. Uh-huh. Why weren't they sucked in like like Helen Hunt's stupid dad in the beginning? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it gets... Are they that strong? It vanishes right then, too. And you can make the argument that right when it got to them, it weakened and disintegrated. But, I mean, they were a few inches from that truck. It's an absurdity. And that truck would just flipped like it was nothing. In my notes, I wrote down, that was absurd... But that was a pretty cool scene. (laughs) I feel like the greatest strength of this movie is also its greatest weakness. This movie is a ride. This is an extended ride. That's all this movie is. This movie doesn't really have a plot. It doesn't really have a story. There isn't much to it. They kind of give you the illusion that there's going to be some depth in the beginning, Mm -hmm. but that's just window dressing. It it doesn't mean anything. This movie is just going from place to place and outrunning tornadoes left and right and people yelling and screaming. Yeah. But so far, I'm with this ride. There's a part in this movie where when they're chasing their tornado they're just jumping from like van to van to car to car in the ragtag yeah. team like each of them is like yelling their call signs on the radio telling them what to do it's awesome. that stuff was really really cool yep. it's amazing like we watched this thing from 1996 it's really exciting we watch movies from 2006 that are trying to replicate this crap <laughs> and they fail so miserably how come this movie does like at least this part of the movie they do it right like they actually get me engaged and it's exciting Battleship was not exciting at all. No, they didn't film enough. Oh, you're, you're right. You're right. They just didn't film enough. I think every movie from now on needs to inject hepatitis C into all the actors to get real performances out of them. It's amazing how well put together this movie is, considering... What a chaotic what mess. What a mess it was behind the scenes, right? Yeah. It's amazing, like, a single vision was able to come out of this, with all the rewrites, oh. all the different hands involved in this. People walking off the set. Yeah. You're right. That's amazing. They deserve that $400 million that they, they got. Oh, yeah. That, that's a testament to the director, right? You got to give him credit for being able to do this. A weaker man would have crumbled under this. Yeah. Maybe he had the steady hand Steven Spielberg guiding him. <laughs> or Steven Sommers. <laughs> Either or. <laughs> They're the same thing, right? <laughs> So at this point, Helen Hunt's truck is destroyed. It's upside down in the street. The first Dorothy is destroyed. That's not going to work. Luckily, they got three other ones. 10,000 more. Which lets us know we're gonna, we got three more of these left yeah. before this movie's <laughs> over. Very good point. <laughs> So Helen Hunt, she's looking at Bill Paxson's nice red truck. She's got her eye on it. She wants to use it for the next tornado run with Dorothy. That truck's got a cap on it. Next scene, cap's gone. What happened to that? What are you referring to? His truck was a pickup truck. Okay. With the cap on the back. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those things are expensive. Uh, All right, all right, all right. Where did that go? (laughs) It just disappeared. (laughs) They sold it to pay for Dorothy too. I didn't even notice that. The making of this movie was a total free-for-all. They did not have time for continuity. All right, so this is a part of the movie where we get to meet the eccentric aunt. She's an old lady. She's an artist. She made steak and eggs for them. That looked so good. My mouth was watering. Like crazy. Wow, that I looked wanted, good. Oh, man, that steak looked amazing. And the way they were talking about it, oh, they like, oh, my God. This is the best thing I've ever eaten. <laughs> oh, my God. 
get hungry just thinking about it. You're, you're saying eccentric ant. Like, you didn't like this. I like them all hanging out together in one place. Because a lot of the movie, they're all separated. That's okay. All right. I'll give you that. I that's, like that's them a- all sitting on a table, sharing their old Bill War stories about him being naked and his penis <laughs> flopped out on camera <laughs> in the DVD. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, you know, this scene exists so we can find out what an F5 is. Kevin, why don't you explain that to the listeners who don't know? Well, it's a rating on the Fujita scale. Thank the you. The strength of a tornado. The one they witnessed today, it was a F2, maybe a light F3. A joke. Yeah, they were laughing at it the whole time. <laughs> As it was going around killing people, they were laughing and laughing. They're like, this is just an F2. Then there's an F4. And then Bill Paxson's fiance, she's like, is there an F5? They stop. Like, they're offended and shut. Like, oh, oh, that's he who should not be named, Voldemort. <laughs> that's totally what it was. It was Voldemort. Only one of us has seen one. <laughs> Yeah. F5 is the finger of God. I actually like that description of it. I can't imagine anything more terrifying than an F5? Yeah, one of those things coming at you, right? It's over for you. There's nothing you can do. That's got to be terrible. That's got to be the most terrifying natural disaster there is, right? Even more than a volcano? At least you get warning. You can run away from that. I mean, tornadoes, man, those things just pop up all of a sudden. What if a tornado flew over a volcano, picked up the lava, and just... Shot it everywhere. <laughs> now that's a movie. We got to get on the screenplay. Yeah, cut that out of this episode. <laughs> I don't want someone stealing that idea. All right, so now it's time for tornado scene number two. And this scene contains a lot of the iconic shots of this movie that are in the trailer with the cows and stuff. All of a sudden, they're driving over this little bridge. And the tornado goes over some water and it splits into two. There's two tornadoes all of a sudden. Sisters. Then cows start flying around and we get this the iconic line from the trailer, which is like, we've got cows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is pretty funny. It's To me, this is the end of the movie. The, the movie is right at the precipice where it completely falls into the toilet. Wow. This is it. The, the movie ends here for me like this is the last hurrah this this is fun stuff with the cows i was sitting there waiting for that scene that's in the trailer and every commercial where that guy's driving in a car and like a tire hits him in the face and kills him you know what i'm talking about i do it's that's nowhere to be found in this movie it's not in the movie i know that was done to prove that they could have the technological capabilities to make this movie look good i know yet they sold it as if it was in the movie someone should sue false advertising Mm, we got we got a case 20 30 years later absolutely Absolutely. There's no statute of limitations on false <laughs> advertising. But once again, this is tornado number two, and they still haven't gotten Dorothy off. <laughs> Nice. Yeah, I agree with you. So we just repeat the same template over and over and over again for the rest of this movie. There's the next tornado. And they drive to it. They try to get Dorothy up. And and that's it. That's basically the plot of this movie. When you boil it down, it's just a bunch of weirdos trying to get a bunch of balls into the air. That's it. That's the plot of this movie, period. Mm -hmm. And that's not enough for me. At first, I was knee deep in this movie. I was balls deep, (laughs) Dorothy deep into this movie. I was really enjoying it. But it just kind of wears on me. It becomes boring. It's not exciting anymore. When you see the same thing over and over and over again, I don't care. I know no one, none of these people are going to die. It, it just doesn't matter. What do, you, what do you think? Is this is it exciting from beginning to end for you? I think the thing that confused me the most was, and this, gets, this comes into play more with the tornadoes that come after this scene here, but there's all these things they have to do to get these balls ready to go up into the air. Yeah. It seems pretty simple to me. Like, it's, it's almost like they need to do all this stuff on the 
this canister that's holding these balls. Yeah. And I don't understand that. Isn't it just the balls that need to go up? Yes. Who cares what the canister's doing? I was actually thinking like, if you're really going to do something like this and it, it doesn't matter, all that, like no matter what goes into the tornado, the tornado's going to take it and, and spin it around. Yeah. Why don't you fire them into the tornado? Like launch them in. That's a really good question. I, that's what I thought the whole time. I was like, why are they doing this ridiculous way? Like they, the way that it's set up now in the movie, like they have to plant this canister on the ground and hope and pray that the tornado decides to move in its path and pick it up. And That's not, ridiculous. And, and not, not kill them. in their path and kill them, yeah. It wouldn't be as exciting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, they should be even more extreme where they skydive into the tornado <laughs> no. with this canister. <laughs> I can see your point. I mean, this movie is very repetitive when it comes to the tornado stuff. It's the same thing over and over four times. I liked it the first time. I liked it the second time. After that, that's it. I just don't care anymore. Plus, I don't think they do anything in the following scenes that live up to that first tornado. Nothing is as exciting as that first one. Yeah. Like, they peaked with the first one. That's it. Mm-hmm. Bill Paxton's new girlfriend dumps him. Oh, yeah. We didn't even talk about that. Yeah. What, what'd you think? <laughs> She's like, I'm done. And he's like, okay, I'll, I'll see you tomorrow at the hotel. She's like, I'm not going to be there. Later, bro. <laughs> I can't compete with this, which is pretty good, right? Yeah, that's very realistic. I mean, this life is so much more fulfilling to him than whatever life he would have had with her. And she can see that. Yep. And it's not even necessarily she sees that he like loves Helen Hunt more than her. It's the life. Yeah, he loves the job. Yeah. And not just that, but why would she want to sign up to this life where she would be afraid for him oh, all yeah. the time? No, she couldn't. She wasn't going to be with him if he did this. But I loved such a great line that she gives him. I love when she says, I'm not even that upset. That was great. It's like, what does that mean? Yeah, right? That's, that's awesome. Yeah. That was really good. That's a really good scene. We don't get to see that kind of stuff in movies that often. No, but that where, was... Where it actually makes sense when people break up. Usually you get crap like the usual romantic comedies that we see where they break <laughs> up for no reason. I mean, that was one of the sickest birds I've ever seen. I'm not, I'm breaking up with you. We're not getting married anymore. I'm not even that upset. <laughs> <laughs> you mad, bro? <laughs> That's basically what she said. <laughs> anyway, so let's just fast forward to the end here. Helen Hunt, she's standing outside her aunt's house and she sees all these like windmill things her aunt built. She's like, oh, hey, let's put that on the balls to help them fly. They should have been there in the first place. Why didn't we think of that? Why is this a thing all of a sudden? The thing wasn't flying because they weren't placing it there properly. Correct. Why do we all... It wasn't the balls issue. No, they, they were haphazardly just dropping it or the truck was getting ripped apart or something. Yeah, I don't understand why all of a sudden it's the, the ball... It's like the balls were the issue the whole time. They weren't the issue. This was just like manufactured for them to cut up Pepsi cans. <laughs> to, to sell more Pepsi cans, yeah. <laughs> they... This movie's to carry Elways of movies. It sells out. <laughs> Whoa! I don't begrudge it one second. <laughs> <laughs> so they go after this last tornado one last caper yeah by this point i'm totally numb i i'm just numb i'm like all right just get this over with well they they saw that coming they saw tornado fatigue coming yeah. so they up the ante this time right they throw a filled gas tanker at them <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, so they're driving around trying to do some tornado chasing. This F5 tornado, the finger of God, is he's, God is like swirling his finger around making this tornado. And they're chasing after this thing. All of a sudden, a, a tree comes out of nowhere and pins their car so they can't drive. And then, as if a Jedi was in the distance levitating an 18 wheeler, <laughs> it comes comically floating by. Now, in order for a vehicle that's that big and that heavy to be levitated off the ground and to fly horizontally through the air, the amount of force to be exerted upon it must be very high. We can agree on that, right? Abstract. This is the finger of God. Yeah. We're talking about Exactly. Here. It collides with Helen Hunt's truck dead on. It nudged it. Yeah, it nudged it. <laughs> And then, it, and then it just keeps flying off into space and explodes behind them. This was beyond absurd. <laughs> like, I, I could buy that crap before with the twin sister tornadoes flying around and all that stuff. But this, come on. A little too much for you? A little too much. Well, Bill Paxson, he sees this tornado and he, his senses start tingling. He's like, oh, this thing's going to... It's going to turn. It's going to turn. Carrie Elways, he's on the wrong road. Bill Paxson, he calls him up. He puts aside his differences. He sees Carrie Elways as a human being again, not as a corporate show. <laughs> he calls <laughs> him up. The corporate champion. <laughs> he calls him up. He says, get the hell out of there. Yeah. The thing's going to turn. You're going to die. Carrie Elways, he's a stubborn old fool. He's like... <laughs> Keep driving, he tells the driver. All of a sudden, the tornado hooks hooks right, right into them. They get sucked up into the tornado. It, they get impaled. Like some thing comes out of nowhere and impales them. They're like, no! <laughs> this comical close-up of their faces as they're screaming. I laughed and laughed and laughed while they got killed. It, the the effect where the truck gets sucked up and then hits the ground and blows up. Yeah. That explosion effect was his poor. poor. It was the worst <laughs> effect in the yeah. whole movie. So cheap. <laughs> so cheap. So yeah, carry always rest in rest peace. Rest in peace. Rest in tornado heaven. <laughs> Okay, so the tornado's doing all this zany stuff and ripping things apart. And I gotta say, they do one thing here that did pull me back into the fold of the twister. Did the twister suck you up? <laughs> yeah, suck me off. <laughs> The Twister, they're driving by like a John Deere tractor salesman thing. And yeah. it starts picking up tractors and throwing them left and right. And they're, it, like, like it's a video game. They're like, left, right, left. They're, they're, they have to avoid these obstacles. Yep. And then all of a sudden, a house, a full <laughs> house blows onto the road. Full house? <laughs> yeah. The Olsen twins? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Michelle and Uncle Joey were <laughs> dancing on top of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so this house blows onto the road and they drive through it. Like we see interior shots of the house as they're driving through the walls and uh -huh. stuff. I thought that was an awesome stunt. That was really, really cool. And that, for the moment, got me back into the movie. Momentarily brought me back into the fold. I thought that was really original. Yeah, it was really shot well. Like it wasn't just like you see them go in and then come out. Like you see them through the house. Yeah, all the different rooms. Yeah, it was it was very well shot. Like a practical effect. Like they actually drove through those walls. That looked mm -hmm. great. All right, so this movie finally comes to a close with our two heroes driving to a nearby farmhouse to be saved from the storm. They go into the barn, but it's filled with like murder tools. <laughs> yeah. like, Let's get out of here. A serial killer is nearby. Let's go. 
And they run to like the out the, the Outback Steakhouse. <laughs> they, they they run to the nearby shack. Yeah, it looks like the outhouse, right? Yeah, like someone was taking a dump in the corner. <laughs> That's the last place I'd want to be in a tornado. <laughs> they needed shelter. But I guess it was the right move because the barn got blown to hell. And they're in this barn. And this is the one thing I remember about this movie to this day that's always stuck with me through the years. Even as a stupid 10, 11, 12-year-old, I thought this was the dumbest thing I'd ever seen. I hated this back in 97, 98. I thought this was crap. Kevin, what happens here? Well, they go into this little shed and there's this pipe in there. I don't know what this pipe is, but <laughs> Bill Paxson seems to know that it goes 30 feet down. This pipe was going 30 feet into the ground. Like, oh, I didn't know you were a surveyor <laughs> too or a plumber. <laughs> And there just happens to be some leather straps hanging in this <laughs> yeah, shed. It's a sex dungeon <laughs> for the murder victims. <laughs> so Bill Paxson, he he grabs some of these leather straps. They strap each other down. <laughs> All of a sudden, the tornado comes whipping by. It just destroys the outside of the shed. And we see them get basically pulled up, but they're still strapped down into the tornado. And the tornado's like right above them. This is like an F5 tornado. Yep. And they're just strapped into this thing. Well, and it's, it's a ride. And they're just like swinging. <laughs> Yay! Woohoo! I hate this. They should have been ripped in half. I think they would have been ripped out of those straps. Yeah. If not that, then this. Yeah. Or the straps would have broke. Broken. I think. Even as a little kid, I thought this was stupid. It's tough to buy this because they make a point of showing how powerful these things are. And then there's this scene where they're under the bridge. And there's a scene here where they're just tied to this pipe. So they have a force field around them. And it really undermines how powerful these things are. So it's it's tough to buy. I hate it. I I, even now, I think it's stupid. That was the wrong move. I know they wanted to have some sort of weird closure to Helen Hunt's character because this whole time her dad got killed by the F5, so she just wanted to see a tornado up close. Mm-hmm. And how much closer can you get than the center, right? Can't get much closer. Hey, did, did you get a, a feeling that the Helen Hunt backstory was similar to Jodie Foster's in Contact? I, I got that feeling. A little bit. Yeah. Nice. nice. Parallel. But that's about it. That, that's the end of the movie. Like, Well, I mean, they got the balls went up up and it worked and they got so much data they're gonna be crunching numbers forever the rest of their lives helen hunt and bill paxton make out in front of everybody yeah and then when when they kiss philip seymour hoffman does like an awkward fist pump (laughs) (laughs) the end and that's twister let's find out what the real critics have to say about this movie You know a movie is in trouble when a cow provides its only moment of authentic human interest. Richard Schickel, Time Magazine. The movie is a wall-to-wall special effects and they're all convincing, although it's impossible for me to explain how Bill and Joe escape serious injury while staring right up into the suck zone of the finger of God. Roger Ebert, Chicago Sun-Times. And finally, even more than with most of Michael Crichton's concoctions, this one conveys the overwhelming impression of a mechanical entertainment, a very high concept in which the characters and their problems seem like utterly arbitrary creations. Tom McCarthy variety. Okay, Kevin, this movie currently holds a 58% on Rotten Tomatoes. Is it really that bad? No, absolutely not. This is a good movie and for most of it, it's a really good movie. Like, I am I was at a solid four for most of this movie, but Joel, I think you're right. There's maybe one too many tornado <laughs> chases in this movie yeah. and that does hurt it. Some of the performances are really good compared to the crap that we have to watch. There's <laughs> yeah. a 
nothing but praise that I have for this movie. This is so much fun to watch. I'm really between a high three and a low four here. I think I'm going to give it a high three. I'm going to stick with a three. Okay. Three okay. to five. At my opinion of this movie very mirrors your own because I was in this hard, I was giving this a hard four out of five. Just like you, I can't help but compare this to so many of the other pieces of garbage that we watch on this show. Most movie makers, when they make these kind of movies, they just make the most mediocre humdrum crap. They don't even bother. Like Dante's Peak was a piece of garbage, right? Yeah. It's just a joke. Like some of the, it's supposed to be exciting. It's a natural disaster, right? Yeah. When stuff like this happens, it really is like the finger of God is coming out and disrupting people's lives. And you should express that in your movie. Like you should feel the excitement. We should be put into the action with these people and go on a ride with them. Mm-hmm. And that's what they did. But they just took that ride for too long. And I lost interest in it. The first tornado is amazing. I think it's awesome. Like it's a real thrill. Like I was actually getting like goosebumps watching it. It was really, really well done. But I need more. I need more. I need something to sink my teeth into. And there is no plot to this movie. It, it's just them running around getting a bunch of toy balls into the air. It's like, I don't care. So who, who cares? So what? Anybody could do this. What what do I want to watch these people do it? It's so weird for me to say this, but I wish there wasn't so much action in it, not so much tornado chasing <laughs> and a little more humanity, I guess. I don't know. They peppered in some of it, but I guess like that good stuff was lost while this thing was shuffling through a hundred different writers. <laughs> oh, oh, well, I'm going to go with a three, a light three for me. Okay. So we're pre- pretty much almost in the same place. Compared to everything else, this movie's awesome. Maybe I'm being harsher on it because I saw what greatness was in it and it just kind of let me down at the end. Yeah, I can see that. Okay, let's read some listener mail. Gunny writes in and says, for reasons that I can't share for anonymity's sake, I actually have a plaque that is one of the RIAA's gold sales award for the Twister music from the motion picture soundtrack. It says 500,000 copies on it and everything and was granted to its recipient by the Dark Overlords at the RIAA. Any opinion on the soundtrack for this movie, guys? Also, have any of you gentlemen of the world traveled to Florida and enjoyed the Twister Ride It Out attraction at Universal Studios? I don't even remember the soundtrack to this movie, quite frankly. And I watched it last night. Yeah, there was a Van Halen song. I think it was a Van Halen song that was only done for this movie. Yeah, and the special features is a Van Halen like uh, music video. I, I did mean, not you, watch you, it. We put a Van Halen song that's exclusive to a soundtrack and you're going to sell some copies. Other than that, the music was very forgettable. Very, yeah, I don't remember Very 90s like. As for the, the Twister experience in Florida, I have been there. I experienced it. Although it was so blah, I don't even really remember it. I just remember being like windy and stuff. I missed it because I've only ever been to Universal Studios once and it was in 1995. And I went... I guess right before they started to build this or something, or before they dismantled it, what used to be in Twister's place was the Ghostbusters Spooktacular, which was awesome, and the world is worse off without it, I think. Yeah, I didn't get to experience that, because I went later. In what world is Twister better than anything Ghostbusters related? Bizarro world. Yeah, yeah, that's that's it, that's it. You, you have to go to another dimension. And I went to the Jaws ride that time, too, but I guess that's out. Yeah, I went on that ride as well. I also was in the Fear Factor Live show. Angie from Seattle writes in and says, Hey guys, I have a few questions for you to ponder. One, have you ever been to Disneyland or Disney World? If so, what are your favorite rides? I have been to Disney World. Yeah, I went to World in that same trip in 95. That's the only time I've ever been there. What does Disney World have? I get them all mixed up in my Space head. Space Mountain? Tomorrowland? Kevin is racking his brain here. He can't think of anything. I'll tell you what I think was the awesomest ride I ever went on. And again, it's not even a ride. It's more like this Twister thing. It's like a thing you just go to see. The Alien Encounter? Oh yeah. Yeah. E.T. Extra. Terrestrial Alien Encounter. Yeah. 
You remember this? Did yeah. you go on that? Yeah. For those who don't know or are too young to have experienced this, what this ride is in Disney World. Was it? it was in Disney World? Yeah, it's, it's World. It's in Florida, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. The ride that I'm about to talk about was located where Lilo and Stitch's stupid fart factory is, is, <laughs> is, is located today. You go into this room, this dark room, and there were these signs in the, the doorway that said, if you have children, do not let them in if they are too young. This ride is too scary. Uh-huh. But no one listened, and they brought their four-year-old kids to this <laughs> ride that was terrifying. Yeah. It, you sit in a room that's a circular room that, in seats, and you're strapped in. It's almost like you're sitting in, in a roller coaster chair, like those kind of a harness. Mm-hmm. And in the middle of a room is a tube. And the plot of this ride is that there's a teleporter in the middle of the room, and they're going to teleport somebody from another planet into the room where we are in the future. And the teleportation beam gets crossed with a, a like an alien planet, and they accidentally pick up an alien beast. Mm-hmm. And this monster shows up in the tube. It breaks out and runs around the room, killing people. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Do you remember this? The oh, effect, yeah. Like, the effects were so good. It, it was terrifying. Like they Legitimately the, terrifying. Yeah. Like, the way they, they built it, it was like the seat would compress down as if the alien was, like, grabbing you. Mm-hmm. You could hear it behind you, like the stereo speaker. Couldn't you feel the breath, too? Yes. It would breathe on your neck. It would yeah. lick you, too. It would lick oh, the yeah, back yeah, of your right. neck. And it would run around, like, killing people. There's a scene in it. There was a part in it where, like, a, a maintenance man comes in. He's, he's up in the ceiling. And he, he has a camera on his head. And we can see what he sees. He gets slaughtered by that alien. And blood <laughs> raised from the ceiling. Yeah. It's so good. Not a ride for kids. Barely a ride for adults. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Jarrett writes in and says he wants to talk about Wicker Park. Which, according to your notes, is a remake from Across the Pond. And my question is, how do you feel about foreign remakes, i.e. The Grudge, The Next Three Days, versus remakes of American films, i.e. True Grit, The Thing. Do you feel that remakes remade from American films are better than the ones taken from Europe and other countries that are redone? It's a good question. I don't know if one's better than the other. I can I understand remaking a foreign film for the American audience more yes. so than I can remaking an American film that already exists. That already exists that we can see that we don't have to translate. Yeah. Um, I'd much rather have a remake of a foreign film than a remake of a movie that came out 10 or 20 years ago. Yeah. How about that? Yeah, for sure. Okay, Kevin in Houston writes in and says, Greetings to all you gentlemen and scholars of the Yes, That Bad World headquarters. You guys are great and always make me laugh as though I needed to return unto you a little bit of the joy which you have brought into my life. As a token of the high esteem, here is a portrait of your most honorable podcast team. I've seen all the drawings that people have created with their imaginings of what you look like, yet I realized I stared into the Yes, That Bad Museum of Fine Art that people fail to capture on paper what was your true essence, your very souls, if you will. So I had to remedy this gaping emptiness in the Yes, That Bad archives. Check it out. Kevin, we've seen this picture. What do you think? I'm depicted as a bald man who shaves everything that moves. <laughs> Marn is like a rugged beefcake man. And how are you depicted? I'm with child. <laughs> You're a pregnant man. <laughs> junior. I'm junior. <laughs> what do you think of this drawing? The drawing's really good. Oh yeah, people really like it. Extremely inaccurate. <laughs> <laughs> this is one of the best drawings we've gotten. Go to facebook.com slash yasthatbad where you can check it out. Okay, well that's pretty much it. Thanks for those emails, guys. If you want to contact us, you can reach us at yasthatbad at gmail.com. Okay, now it's time to announce next week's movie and next week's movie. We're going to 
watch a little independent Canadian classic that I know and love called Cube. You ever seen this? Did you sponsor this episode yourself? <laughs> um, I'll never tell. Yeah, I, I've seen this movie. I can't wait. This is a gift. I saw it in college. It's been a real long time since I've seen this. I've seen this 500,000 times. <laughs> and I can't wait to see it next week. So, <laughs> Tune in next week when we'll be watching Cube. Okay, thanks for listening to the show. If you like what you've heard, please consider subscribing. We have a new episode every Tuesday. Please help spread the word of the show by liking us on Facebook, facebook.com slash bad. Please leave us a positive review on iTunes. Those five-star reviews really do help out the show. You can follow the show on Twitter at yeah, it's bad. You can follow Martin at yeah, it's Martin. You can follow Kevin at yeah, it's Kev. And you can listen to the show on all your mobile devices via Stitcher. And don't forget to get our latest premium podcast, Green Lantern, at yeah, it's that bad. Bandcamp.com. Once again, thanks for listening to the show. See you next time. And are we drunk? No. <laughs> no? I can only speak for myself, but I'm not drunk. Yeah, we're, we're not on any substances. Except we're high on farts. That's about it. I've said fart like a hundred <laughs> times this episode. <laughs> Still not enough. <laughs> We need more fart. <laughs> I practice what I preach, you know? <laughs>